We're going to get right into today's show, everybody, the Mind Body Health Show. Welcome, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Good morning, Cobb. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How about you? Peachy. We're going to have a spirited show today uh, with Teresa Gowan, um, who we both know quite well. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Good morning. How are you guys? Just fine. And so it'll be an inter- interesting answer here. Teresa, how did you get to Mendocino County? Via <laughs> uh, uh, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't born here, but my family are longtime residents of Anderson Valley, and my mother grew up in Fort Bragg. Where were you born? I was born in Niagara Falls, New York, while my dad was in the service, and then came back here. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about paramedics, EMTs, and all sorts of things today. Um, but the most uh, interesting thing is that Teresa says that there's a uh, paramedic program at the college. But I'd like you to start out with trying to give people an idea of what a, the difference between an EMT and a paramedic is. Uh, okay. So an EMT has actually a very large scope of practice now. Uh couple years ago, they brought in the administration of EpiPens, Narcan, Aspirin. Uh, They're able to do blood glucoses, administer or use CPAP. So their their scope of practice increased uh, significantly for the better of the public who they serve. Um, They provide BLS skills. So CPR, uh, first aid, all life-saving skills. that a person would need during a 911 call. A paramedic has a larger scope of practice. They can administer more medications, start IV. Uh, we can do endotracheal intubation. We can use eye gels, um, cardiac monitoring, defibrillation, manual defibrillation as opposed to automatic defibrillation. So it's, it's a larger scope and is very um, beneficial in the very rural areas where our transport times are over an hour, sometimes hour and a half in this area to an emergency room and when we're talking about that will you introduce uh your various heroic roles here in the county um beginning with you're the manager at medstar so i don't know about heroic but i am oh, yeah. my my primary role is operations manager with medstar ambulance in mendocino county i am a paramedic have been a paramedic for 11 years have only practiced uh in Mendocino County. I uh, did a very long stint in the emergency room with Marvin for 11 years um, prior to upgrading to paramedic from EMT. I am the fire science and EMS coordinator for Mendocino College, so I run the programs there with my dean, um, and we are adding uh, paramedic to that with partnership with College of the Siskiyous. Um and I also uh, volunteer with Anderson Valley. I think that's it. On top of being a, a mom, and top, and yeah. do you ever get any sleep? I do. Okay. I, sometimes, but I sleep. <laughs> I'm not a vampire like most people think. I'm endlessly impressed, and thanks for taking the time to be on the show, Teresa. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so the latest development that kind of clued me in to want to get you here uh, is what you just mentioned. Amongst all those roles, a paramedic program coming uh, to our local area again. Yes. Yeah, so currently Mendocino College every semester runs an EM, at least one EMT program. Um, actually, let me say at least two EMT programs. We always have one in Ukiah and always have one in Lakeport um, because Mendocino College is also, uh, Lake County is also part of Mendocino College. Um, so when we were still doing live classes, so COVID has not changed our EMT program as far as holding it. It's changed us in how we provide it. Um, it is all of our didactic is on Zoom. All of our, clini our clinical times are still going on, and our skills days are in person a couple days a month. So instead of going two days a week for 16 weeks, we do one Zoom meeting a week and then two in-person meetings per month. So it, it has changed a little bit, but we're still able to provide the course for the students um, who are interested in taking it. Uh, with that being said, EMT is a prerequisite in order to move up to paramedic, um, and we are very proud that we have been able to enter into a partnership with College of the Siskiyous out of WEED to uh, provide a paramedic program within Mendocino County. That will start in the fall of 2021. Wow. Um, regarding the, the EMT program, how well has enrollment, attendance, uh, completion of that been for the students? The first semester was rough. We did start with in-person classes, and we had to change to Zoom, so I did lose quite a few people um, with the transition. Uh, this semester, I have 27 students enrolled in the court. The majority of them are attending on a regular basis and doing well, but um, I was shocked to see that many people enroll this semester. Um, the Lake County course is capped at 20, so in total, we have 47 students going through the uh, EMT programs at Mendocino College. That's super cool. Yeah. Yep. I, I, wanted, I want to take a second for people to realize how important EMTs and paramedics are. Two of the scariest times in my life where I was on the road, one going to Fort Bragg and one was on Highway 101. And it's, it's comfortable in the ER when you have 67 people and 49 helpers and 16 machines and everybody has one job. But I'll tell you, in rural Mendocino County, it is a different story being out on the street when you respond to somebody. Yeah, just to touch on what Marvin said, you know, we can have a five-minute transport time if we're in downtown Ukiah. But if we're going out to Cobolo or Van Arsdale or Cow Mountain, we can have up to an hour and a half, two-hour transport time. And we're the only ones with You know, we have an, an EMT with us, and we are the paramedic. And... You know, I kudos to the rural areas around here, Anderson Valley, Covalo, Laytonville, Elk. They all have BLS ambulances who start the transports, and then if they need advanced life support, rendezvous with us or with a helicopter. But we all know helicopters aren't always available, so sometimes our transport times are crazy long with really sick patients, and um, we will, you know, we have to transport. We can't just say, sorry, you know, take yourself <laughs> to <laughs> Uh, on that note, uh, with the MedStar Ambulance Service, how many ambulances are serving the area right now? So currently our response area is the 101 corridor, which is, uh, you know, uh, the boundaries are from Highway 162 north of Willits 
all the way down to Kaminsky Station Road, which is just north of Cloverdale, uh, over Highway 20 to approximately mile marker 24. Uh, on, that's going towards the coast. Uh, Highway 20 all the way to the Lake County line. Anderson Valley up to mile marker 10. Uh, am I missing anything? No, I think that's it. Um, and with that, we serve that area with four 24-7 911 ambulances. When we can, we staff a fifth. And we have one BLS ambulance available also. Right. And, uh, and you're also engaged in uh, patient transfers, correct? Out correct. We do the facility transfers. The majority of the interfacility transfers um, on the 101 corridor. And we do assist Fort Bragg when they need assistance also. And uh, just staying with the, the BLS, uh, Basic Life Support EMT program at the college, uh, what's it like for students in terms of and MedStar? You know, how many EMTs are you employing through MedStar? What does that employment spectrum look like as far as um, who you're hiring and, and who's gotten their EMT locally here and can you relate that too to the volunteer departments that's actually pretty funny because I tell all of my students on the first day of class that they should take it as a job interview huh. uh, because that's what they're <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know it's good, good. <laughs> I, I say to our fire scientists also take it as a job interview because the people that they're going to be doing their ride along time with or me as their instructor I see what their work ethic is just by class and if you come in and you act like a buffoon in my class it's not going very well for when you want to come and you know apply for a job in a local agency and you know a lot of people don't realize how tight-knit fire and ems is you know you could be you know taking a class up here and going to apply for a job in los angeles that company is going to call and say hey how were they in class or you know hey do you know this person we know everybody everywhere and so it gets around if you come in and act like a, you know, a goofball and don't take things seriously. So on that note, we do hire out of our class. Currently, I believe that we have five or six of my EMT students currently working for us, um, which, is, which is cool because it gives them an opportunity to have a job as soon as they're finished with the course. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing that's really cool this year with our EMT students is that every EMT student who um, is taking the class is eligible for a $250 scholarship. All they have to do is fill out the application. Med started a $12,500 donation to the uh, Mendocino College Foundation to provide scholarships for those EMT students to help them out a little bit because the courses aren't cheap. Um, so just, you know, whatever we can do to help them to get them moving forward in their careers is, is great. So... I think out of the 47 students, we've already awarded 30 scholarships. Um, the other students, I don't know why they just won't fill out the form, but it's free money to them to come and, you know, take a class. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, what about is the general cost of taking the EMT class? The EMT class. Oh, my goodness. So it's a 7.5 unit class, and I believe the units are around $46. Let me add this up here. I think the units are $46 per unit. So that's $345 just for the course. Uh, their book runs them around $100. Their uniform, because yeah. I do require my students to be in uniform, right. um, it consists of, you know, navy blue pants, black boots, black belt, and then we provide the, the t shirt for them. 
that usually runs them around a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then this year we are implementing drug screening and background checks just because um, more of our we do ride alongs with are requesting that. So that's going to run them $86. So that works out to be around $636 for the EMT course. There you go. No small fee no. uh, to follow up on that scholarship. And, and then can you relate it to, to our, our volunteer fire departments and how many students enrolled are uh, coming from f- local fire departments? So um, last semester, this semester I think I only have a couple. No, there's more than that. I think this semester I have about six. Uh-huh. Last I had more. I had some from Mendocino. I had Gold or not Golden Rule, Ridgewood Ranch. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is Fort Bragg? So I, every semester I get um, volunteers, the local volunteers. Yeah. Um, and then spring semester, I usually get a huge influx of Cal Fire employees because they're off work for the for the winter, and that's when they take the opportunity to take the EMT class, oh, and yeah. they're usually local also and also volunteer with our local agencies yeah and that's to say a few words about the volunteer uh, organizations because that's remarkable to me that you have all these ambulances you know locally by volunteers Mm -hmm. yeah if it wasn't for those bls ambulances in covo and anderson valley and elk you know those people would have to wait for a very long time for an ambulance to show up and provide emergency care to them or not actually provide provide care because the local departments can provide care but the transport portion of it would take a lot longer right and and it's such a big deal to be able to get that training available to people who want to volunteer here so to have that local emt class available is a huge asset for all the volunteer departments around here yeah and pre-covid every semester we would or every yeah every semester we would rotate um, we've done classes in Anderson Valley, Mendocino, Laytonville. So those would ro- it wouldn't be every semester we'd go to those outlying areas, but we would, would rotate them around um, every semester to be able to cover the volunteers who don't have the time to travel to come to a class in Ukiah. Right. No, that's been an excellent ongoing service over the years. Mm-hmm. I want to make another comment. Um, you know, there's a physician and a PA that both work in the ER <clears throat> that were once, and I must say that they um, they're not uh, fooled by many things in the ER. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say this. Honey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's teach you, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Neither one of them are, um, you know, they're both very solid in their medical care uh, in the yeah. ER. They both attribute it to being in the ambulance. Yeah, it. it- it teaches you a lot when you see the patient from the beginning. You know, it's it's one thing when they're already prepped for you and you bring them into the emergency room, but when you actually go into their homes or go into the scene and see exactly what you see, it gives you a little bit different perspective on mm-hmm. what to expect. Um, so to, to move along, can you expand on what the paramedic program is and is going to be, that kind of thing? Yes. Sorry, I have my new puppy in here, and she's. Oh, oh, she's doing no, that. that's great. You can put her on the air if you like. <laughs> um, she's actually being quiet. I'm surprised. Um, 
So the new paramedic program. So, like I said, it's in partnership with College of the Siskiyous, which is out of weed. Their program director is Kirk Thompson, who is the re- retired from Ukiah Valley Fire Authority. So it's actually been pretty easy to move forward with, um, with the partnership. Um, the plan is to have, it, it's going to be dependent on COVID on how many our student capacity will be. Um, but it could be up to 30. It may only be around 20. Um, it will start in the fall. We're still currently working on scheduling. I did send out a uh, survey monkey to all of the local fire chiefs to get their opinion on if they would like two days a week or three days a week. Um, currently, College of the Siskiyou starts their program in October. I would like to start the program in in, in August and uh, run it two days a week. I think it's more friendly for our community to do it that way. Um, it seems that the chiefs chiefs are in agreement with me. Um, we don't know the dates for sure. We're looking at probably Friday, Saturdays, which is easier for the working people to be able to do that. Um, we will have our partnerships here locally, so all the clinical time will be able to be done here through our local hospitals, as well as paramedic internships. Um, I'm not sure of the cost yet. There are no prerequisites. There are some minimum qualifications that are required. Um, I'm working on that today with their person who vets all of the students to make sure that they have everything to start the program. It is a one, two, three, four semester program. So it's two semesters at didactic, one semester of uh, hospital clinicals, and then of course the paramedic internship. Um, do you have any specific questions, Cobb? Because I'm just rattling right now. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, well, there, there's points to highlight, I know, and this is a good time, too, to reintroduce you. We're tuned right now to KZYX Radio. This is the Mind Body Health Show. Uh, my name's Cobb. I'm engineering. Uh, Dr. Marvin Trotter is our intrepid host. And our guest today is Teresa Gowan. And help me out here, Teresa, Operations Manager MedStar. Is that what you said? Correct. And then as an educator, what was your title? I am the Fire Science and EMS Coordinator for Mendocino. Could you talk yeah. about fire science? Define that some? So we do have a fire science program at Mendocino College. We offer all of the core classes for students to get their associate's degree in fire science. Um, that's, you know, people who want to make a career of it. We also have a basic firefighter academy, which is currently running right now. It's a 10-week program. Through that program, um, we offer it in cooperation with uh, CAL FIRE Mendocino Unit. Uh, we have currently, I believe, 12 students enrolled. We started with 13, lost one. Um, it's an intensive program, runs Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Uh, and through that program, they will receive everything, every certification that is required to walk into either a CAL FIRE or a U.S. Forest Service um, job at the end of it. Um, really? Yes. They're, so they were qualified to go to a CAL FIRE job? Correct. And... Out of this academy, I have five students who uh, submitted their applications in November, which is when the applications are open for CAL FIRE. And that ranks them at the bottom of the list. But once they complete this um, this course and they turn in their certificates, they'll rank number one for hiring throughout the state of California with CAL FIRE. Wow. So yeah. a lot of them, um, this is our 
oh my gosh, fourth academy, I believe, that we've run through the Mendocino unit. We also were doing it through Humboldt for uh, two semesters, but we don't do the Humboldt one anymore. But we've ran through approximately 70 students, and I would say about three-quarters of them walk into a CAL FIRE job at the end of the end of the um, course. If that's, that, that's impressive. It is hard to get a CAL FIRE job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people ought to realize that that's an excellent uh, entrance uh, percentage. It is, and uh, it's not offered very often um, throughout the state of California in very many locations. We've had uh, students from Southern California that come up and do the 10 weeks up here. Um, we had a student from Australia. Uh, we had a student from uh, Utah, I believe he came out here, um, uh-huh. because it's a hard course to find. So, you know, our, our, at the beginning, our classes were larger. We've dwindled down over the past couple of years, and I don't know why, but um, I'm hoping it'll it'll come back up. But as long as Cal Fire wants to keep the partnership, then we're going to keep the partnership with Cal Fire. Right. And, and I'd like to take a moment, um, both Marvin and Teresa, you could highlight this. Um, uh, and it's been an ongoing part of this show, but that opportunity there for youth, you know, locally to get an education here in the county, and it has a direct pathway to um, employment here locally, helping to keep people staying, you know, where they're born and raised, um, having that opportunity for a reliable job, and then just with the general community, we're talking about services that are immediate need services that are helping everybody who lives here to have these um, emergency responders available in various capacities. Yeah, we, like I said, we get a large pool from out of the area, but we also have a large pool from inside the county. Uh, currently, I have, in this academy, there are volunteers from Ridgewood Ranch, Ukiah Valley, Compshe, uh, Laytonville. I think that's, there might be one from Little Lake Fire, um, but we do get a huge pool from the volunteer uh, agencies in the town in the county also <clears throat> the academy and even if they don't go to cal fire they're learning the skills that they need to take back to their departments because uh, right. just because they go to cal fire doesn't mean they don't stay on as volunteers with their agencies so it's a good training for them um well and even when they're with cal fire i know just as a local resident as a volunteer uh how great it is to have cal fire personnel that are based here locally that grew up here that learned here and they have a tremendous amount of local knowledge in terms of just helping to locate mm-hmm. you know a residence in an emergency and how they relate to the people they're caring for or the you know the fire emergency that they're responding to that kind of thing yeah my son went through the program in humble you know and he did, it was a you know, friday saturday sunday course and it's a heart you know he did of his senior year um, but he's stayed local. He, you know, works out of the Cal Fire Station in, in Willits. And, you know, he's he's now taking my EMT class in order to, you know, better his skills um, as a firefighter. So Is he behaving himself in your classroom? <laughs> he is, actually. <laughs> he actually attends class. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, uh, and another crossover, and maybe you could take a moment, too, to speak to this, Marvin, because we've been having the uh, 
doctors come in from the residency program, and that's been a tremendous resource for the community. And similarly, uh, these training programs at the college are, are bringing in these skilled students that are just augmenting our medical services. Yeah, I, you know, you can say a lot about the RN program at the college. Um, you know, it's, it's crucial, essential uh, to raise our own RNs, uh, same, similar to doing the family practice residency program. Um, all these skilled, you know, medical personnel are needed, and they're not coming from L.A. or Utah to come, you know, live in Mendocino County. Having said that, I think that if you look at the job market, um, there's going to be long-term employment for all of these people. Uh, the hospital, the clinics are always looking for RNs and, you know, medical people. And the ER depends a lot on, on a lot of students coming through there and the EMTs. It's, um, you know, a lot of dollars are spent on health care. Yeah, and can you speak, too, to the need of uh, paramedics locally? Yes, I, I, I want people to realize a little bit more about when they say they're a paramedic and they intubate and they shock people, that's what I do as a doctor in the emergency department. There's no difference. These are very life-saving skills. And when you're in the middle of nowhere and somebody's in V-fib, if your paramedic doesn't know what they're doing, you're dead. It's pretty quick. You know, you don't have a lot of time. Uh, if you go into V-fib or you're not having good respirations, you need to be intubated. These are skills that are hard to come by. And it's a whole lot easier in a well-lit trauma room doing this stuff than in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's, it's a very demanding job, and you have to do it at 3 p.m. and 3 a.m. It really is, a, you know, I don't know if people listening have a good scenario of what's it like. We can talk about the four-year-old in Potter Valley, uh, if Teresa won't start crying. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's an intense job. And it's a very important one. And people live or die depending on your skills. Yeah. Uh, Teresa, can you take some time and, and kind of give us a, a picture of what it's like to be a paramedic uh, on an ambulance? So, paramedic on an ambulance in Mendocino County, you do, if you're full-time, you do 48-hour shifts. So, you come on at 0800, say, on Monday morning. You get off at 0800 on Wednesday morning. Uh, currently, our crews are running on average 12 to 15 calls a day. That's inner facilities and 911s. Wow. Um, our our um, inner facility transfers can be anywhere from here to a patient's residence in town or from here to Reading if we need to take one. So they could be, you know, a half-hour turnaround time or a nine-hour turnaround time. It's all dependent on where you get sent, the luck of the draw, or the 911 gods, as everybody says, you know. Um, we have full quarters for all of our employees so they have uh, sleeping facilities they have showering facilities they have cooking facilities but just because you're on shift doesn't mean you're going to sleep um, I did a shift the other day when I came on at you know 8 o'clock in the morning but I'd gotten up at 6 in the morning to come to work and I went to bed at 6.30 the next morning so we're tired sometimes you know and just because we're tired doesn't mean that we can't shut our brains off and not be able to think. We have to be able to think when we're up for 24 hours straight. Um, 
and thankfully you know we still have some adrenaline in us that will kick in when we need it and get us moving like we need to do and and make our brains function function even though we functioning at that point in time um you know our crews are amazing we try and hire local um unfortunately the local paramedic uh pool is shallow since the paramedic program went away in 2011 um that's what our hope is with it bringing it back that we can get our local paramedics through currently i have two emts going through paramedic school one is going to college of the redwoods and eureka and the other one's going to college of the siskiyous and weed so it pulls them out of even the employment status for a lot of the time while they're in school because they're off in school um but yeah so we have to be able to think on our feet we can't, you know, let our brains relax on a call because just because you think you're going out to a stub toe doesn't mean that that patient's not going to go into cardiac arrest at any minute. Um, we have to continually be on our, on our toes and, and pay attention to what's going on with our patients. Um, like Marvin said, we could be in the middle of nowhere with poor lighting and still have to be able to intubate a patient. You know, we don't have the... I'm not gonna, I mean, it's not a luxury, but it's a luxury to be in an emergency room where you have, um, you know, lots of people around to help you. Sometimes you'll have volunteers that don't know how to set up your stuff for intubation and just your partner. So, you know, it, or you may just have your partner mm-hmm. if the fire hasn't gotten there and you have to figure out what to do for your patients. Um, so, yeah, it is rough. You know, Marvin, Marvin said, let's discuss Potter Valley. And so let's discuss it. I don't know. I'm not going to guarantee I'm not going to cry, but. You know, Potter Valley is a long transport time from Ukiah, 30 minutes minimum. Um, and, you know, it. the story's been out there. The family is amazing. And, the, you know, Marvin, I'm sure, will agree with me when I say this child should not be alive today. Right. And if it were the care he received, he would not be alive today. Um, you know, it was a, a beautiful summer day. They had the kids in the bucket of a tractor. One, you know, two boys in the bucket of the tractor, and Dad was driving along with the, the tractor hit a bump kids bumped out jumped out of the or you know popped out of the bucket of the tractor and one of them was run over by the tractor by his father um out in potter valley and you know my transport time to the hospital was 25 minutes and that was only because the parents had met us halfway um you know and and that little boy wasn't responsive uh had major injuries to him You know, when I I put an IO, which is a needle, into his tibia and he cried, it was the happiest point of that whole call to me because I knew he had feeling to his legs and there was something still there, you know, and took him to the emergency room and the staff at AHUV, Marvin was there. They were amazing. Dr. Hanna did some pretty, you know, miraculous things with that kid, Um, had a spleen out in no time and he was shipped to Children's Oakland and um on his one year anniversary they came out here and you know we were able to see him i hadn't seen him since the time i handed him over to the er staff um i'd seen pictures but i hadn't had the opportunity to actually see him when he was at children's oakland um or you know after he'd recovered and so just to hold that little boy in my arms um is that why you were crying the whole time at the in the (laughs) staff room there and the yeah yep even when you weren't around him you were against the wall sort of weeping i thought you had lost it there you know going that was the first time i had seen him since i handed him over to you guys at the hospital and just to see you know the recovery that he made and to know that you know maybe something i did for him helped with that recovery 
Um, you know, we, we do, like I said, we do use air ambulances. That day the air ambulance was 45 minutes out, so it was faster to just transport him to the emergency room than wait for an air ambulance to show up, you know, and just, just the things that happened for that kid just gave me, you know, cause we do have our ghosts in our closet or I have my ghosts in my closets where, you know, the same situation hasn't turned out the same way. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing we could do for our child. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, that gives me, it renews my, um, faith in what I've decided to do with my life. So Thanks. It's, it was really remarkable. Georgina Calderon was the head ER doctor, you know, um, Hannah and um, Arujo and Luado and everybody just did their thing, um, the whole hospital, and it was remarkable. I've never seen anybody suffer that many injuries, even as an adult. Uh, yeah. And it was remarkable that a four-year-old survived that. And survived it well. Like, I mean, you can see a little bit of a limp when he walks, but that's the extent of any injuries that we'd see on that child. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. That's an incredible story. I you did it with You don't see Teresa <laughs> cry very often. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's why, Marvin. It was the first time I'd seen him since the day I handed him to you guys. All right. So, um, Teresa, I wonder if you could speak uh, to another, just another big value about bringing this paramedic program uh, here locally. Um, when you talk about staffing needs with your ambulance service, but uh, just in general, the need for more healthcare personnel, and it's going to mean that these uh, students in training are going to be uh, doing their clinical uh, trials in in the ER. Can you can you talk a bit about that for our listeners? As far as the actual hospital clinical time. Well, and they're right a long time, and just how that brings in these uh, students who are skilled, you know, they're still in training or they've recently completed their program, but that's, you know, bringing a benefit to all our residents here locally, just having those people here uh, getting that continued training. Right. So, like I said, it's two semesters of, a, of didactics. So you sit in the classroom and you learn from a book. Then you move into your clinical time, and I believe it's 160 hours of clinical time where you have to do rotations through the emergency room, through OB, through surgery, respiratory therapy, to learn the skills that you've learned in a book and now put them into practice. Um, After that, it's a minimum of 480 hours, a max of 700 hours through a paramedic internship, and that's where the student comes in. And they work with a uh, preceptor who has a minimum of two years experience. And they act as the paramedic for that time. Um, through that time, they, they learn, you know, the street. They, they learn how it is to, you know, put an IV on somebody in a patient who's trapped in a vehicle while you're trying to extricate. Um, they learn how to sit there and hold, you know, an elderly person's hand while they're going through their worst time of need. Um, you know, they learn how to deal with the jerks that we have to deal with and still be professional and give them the care that they deserve. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a long road for somebody to go through. Um, it's a lot of hours. And, you know, hopefully in the end of it, they're able to come out and be a strong paramedic um, from the program. You know, one thing that I was surprised I, about the EMTs, if you'd like, if you talk about the EMTs a little bit too. Mm-hmm. They were doing CPAP. Yes. They've increased their um, spectrum a bit. 
Yes. Um, so when we, Dr. Lovato, who <clears throat> was our medical director for Coastal Valley EMS, one of the ER doctors also, um, a couple of years ago, I can't remember exactly when, uh, brought into, California brought it into the scope of practice. And just because California brings it in doesn't mean that each uh, local EMS agency has to adopt it, but he did adopt epinephrine uh, administration. It used to be that they could assist a patient with epinephrine. So if a patient didn't have a prescription for epinephrine, we couldn't just grab a pen as an EMT and, you know, use it on an anaphylactic patient. That was a huge increase to their scope of practice. Narcan, uh, opioid overdoses are huge, especially in Mendocino County. So for an EMT, especially like in Anderson Valley or Clovelo, to be able to use Narcan before ALS gets there is, you know, a life-saving measure for our patients. Uh, aspirin in cardiac arrest, or not cardiac arrest, in uh, chest pain. They can administer aspirin, which we all know is one of the first-line drugs to help prevent those clots from sticking together on a patient who's having a heart attack. And then CPAP which is huge also uh, for patients who are in respiratory distress, uh, anaphylaxis, asthma, drownings, all that. They can use CPAP on those patients, which is positive uh, pressure airway that just pushes air into the lungs. The congestive heart failure patients we use a lot on just to get the fluids out of the lungs or to open up those airways so the patient can breathe better. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, CPAP, you know, I mean, it's sort of like the weak intubation. It's, mm -hmm. It really makes a big difference in some people. It makes um, a huge difference in people, yeah. especially in the field. You yeah. know, if you, we're, right now with COVID, we're trying not to intubate patients just, you know, for the exposure portion of it. So if we could put a patient on CPAP, they've got a mask on, it's it's completely concealed, and it, it'll help patients out. It turns patients around so fast um, if that's what they need. Um, and then blood glucose, uh, EMTs weren't allowed to check the glucose and now they are. And so that's also been a huge advancement in what they're able to do in their scope of practice. Um, how many semesters is EMT? It's one semester, 16 weeks. That's a lot in 16 weeks. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> we do a lot in 16 weeks. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, if you just tuned in, this is KZYX. This is the Mind Body Health Show. Our host is emergency doctor Marvin Trotter. Uh, my name's Cobb. I'm engineering here at the studio. And our guest today is Teresa Gowan of MedStar. Um, she is the operations director there, as well as a paramedic. And she's also the... Um, sorry, Teresa. Uh, fire science and medical... Director, EMS. EMS, yeah, for the Mendocino College program. Um, think, think, Queen of the Ambulance. That's what I think. You know. Oh, uh, easily, and <laughs> and thanks for all that you do. I mean, I I have uh, local experience for those of you listening um, on the Anderson Valley Ambulance, and I just get to witness on a regular basis uh, all that Teresa's putting into to this service and it goes well well beyond any kind of paid position uh in terms of contrib con contributing excuse me to all manner of services in our whole county so thanks terry for being here and taking the time uh, to highlight uh the value of these programs and these roles in our community I think we should take some phone calls, but I, I would argue that anybody that's interested in medical care, uh, taking the EMT program is such a, um, 
you know, it broadens your vision of what medical care is all about. I don't care what form of medical care you go into. It's a great basis to um, see what really goes on in healthcare. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going into, if you're thinking about going the physician side of things, or if you're thinking about going the RN side of things, um, having an EMT on your resume boosts your resume because the programs are so competitive. Um, the RN programs here, there's always wait lists, uh, no matter where you're thinking about going, if it's Mendocino, Santa Rosa, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently have one of our past EMTs who's in medical school, you know, and that's one of the things that they, uh, that's one of the things that they were looking at from him is, is experience in the field. And, you know, currently mm-hmm. in my class, I have a lot of people who are thinking about going the RN route. They're not thinking about working on an ambulance, but they want to get the experience before they go into, into the world, uh, on, you know, through a class. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you're out there listening, you have a question for our guest, the number to call would be 707-895-2448. We'll bring you live on the radio to ask a question of our guest. Again, that number is 707-895-2448, and you can ask a question. Um, and uh, one more question I would ask. Teresa, if you could put out there some contact information or where to look online if people are interested in following up after the show today um, with how to participate in the EMT or paramedic programs. So you can email me at tgowan, G-O-W-A-N as a Nancy, at mendocino.edu. Um, and I can, if you're interested in the paramedic program, I can put you in contact with a person who vets the students before they get the approval to enroll. Um, if it's through our, you know, if you're looking, interested in our EMT programs or the fire science side of things, then I am the contact person for that. Um, and yeah, that, that's the best way is through email. Okay. Um, I was also wondering, should I give out Mark Lovato's personal phone number if people want to? <laughs> in case <laughs> i'm sure he'd love you marvin <laughs> hey we have a, a caller welcome to the mind body health show you're live on the radio go ahead with your question yeah actually this isn't a question this is a call of gratitude to all the volunteers and all the hired staff uh, that have served in Anderson Valley. That's my personal experience. I've been transported probably three times. Both of my sons have been recipient of your emergency volunteers and professional care, and I can't give you sufficiently high praise or expressions of gratitude for all you've done. You've been life-saving as well as palliative care. It's, it's been really remarkable to live in a place that has such a strong volunteer presence, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for everything you folks have done. Um, so just kudos to you guys, and appreciate what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Thanks for Thank the you. call. Well, that's great. Um, and I think also that people should realize... What a what a hard job this is because there are a lot of people that that are big challenges uh, when you're dealing with them medically, 
this isn't just people with you know chest pain or they have a low glucose or you need they need you know transportation it's it's a difficult job emotionally also yeah it, it is very hard emotionally um you know for me the kids hit me the hardest an adult you know if i have to pronounce an adult it's sad but they've lived a life but when you're working with kids it just especially when you have kids or grandkids it, it hits you pretty hard um you know and those calls where you think, you know, could I have done better or what could I have done better? And did I do my best yeah. when you're trying, you end up second guessing your, your yeah. patient. Care. Um, it's hard. Yeah. Why you don't sleep at night sometimes. Why you don't sleep at night sometimes. That's why a lot of people fall into alcohol and drugs. And, you know, PTSD is real in our field and it has been brought to light, and we have a very good support system now for EMS and fire as far as the PTSD side of things. But this isn't for the weak. If you're going in just to think you're going to be a hero, um, we aren't heroes. We do some heroic stuff sometimes, but there are people that we can't save, unfortunately. Um, and those are the ones that hit us hard. Mm-hmm. Um with that we have just a few minutes left and anywhere you want to take us terry is great um you know i want to give you a chance too if there's any uh folks on your crew that you want to you know highlight put out there because i've definitely met some uh really cool folks on the medstar ambulances over the years and you know they're they're in addition to being very skilled and caring people they're pretty fun folks um you know what well what goes with that uh you know really how do i say this that increased stress level and how people handle it is they often have excellent uh senses of humor and i really enjoy that about some of the people yeah yeah i mean it's a hard job we do long shifts we're busier than we've ever been and i can't praise my staff right now enough i mean busy is one thing bring COVID into the situation for a year and that's yeah. yeah it just you know right now transporting so many COVID positive patients and you know whether it's an interfacility transfer or 911 calls and my staff has stepped up and pulled their weight do they complain oh heck yes but it's not to the point where it's like you know overwhelming complaints but you know it's they're amazing. They, you know, they come in, they do their job, and they go home. But the other thing you have to realize is that whatever we do when we're on shift, we're taking home to our families. So our families bear the brunt of what we do. Also, you have to have a strong family life. I'm not going to have to. I'm not going to say you have to be strong mentally because you have to be kind of crazy to do this job. Um, but you, you've got to be able to to take care of yourself, and you know. Unfortunately, some people do fall to alcohol and drugs, but, but like I said, there is a strong support system out there for us now that wasn't there before, and my staff's amazing. I just, you know, if we didn't have the staff that we do, then we wouldn't be able to provide the services that we provide to the county. Yeah, I'll echo that. Super cool people working on the MedStar ambulances. Um, yep. And it, make, it makes a huge difference in the ER. You're the ER doc, and somebody bad is coming in. What they've done in the field, how they've presented the patient, what you know, you know, to prepare you for what you need to do. It's it's a night and day difference if you have somebody competent or not. Mm-hmm. So we've had a caller hanging on the line. I hope they stayed with us. Oh, not quite, but 
Call right back. So that number, if you want to get in with a question for our guest uh, on the Mind Body Health Show today, is 707-895-2448. 707-895-2448 will get you through. And if you're just trying to call, uh, please keep trying, and we'll get you on here yet. We've only got about 10 minutes to go on that note. And you brought up COVID, uh, Terry. Could you tell us and expand a little more on that in terms of how that's affected your ambulance service in the last year? Um, You know, it's stressful. Uh, At the beginning, it was more stressful. I think now that my people, if they hear we have a COVID positive patient, it's like no big deal anymore. Um, Because we've been transporting COVID positive patients we didn't know about. So if we know about it, it's even better. Um, We do use full PPE on our COVID positive patients. We're all used to wearing masks now because that's all we do anymore. Um, we're protecting ourselves. We're protecting our patients. Um, our staff is really good about, you know, if they have a COVID-positive patient, they'll shower, they'll change. We have uh, washing and drying facilities for them to be able to do their laundry on duty so that they can, you know, wash their clothes after they've transported a patient. Um, you know, like, like I said, my staff's pretty amazing right now. Um, we've got, we've got good people and we have positions available. So if you're an EMT or paramedic looking for something to do in your free time, come join. And we are a family atmosphere. Like we know everybody's kids. We see people's dogs. I mean, it's, it's a fun place to work. We're professional though at the same time. So, right. Um, and then has that changed for you? Have there been many inter-facility transfers where you're taking patients out of the hospital system here locally down to other hospital systems? The COVID? COVID? Yeah. Yes. So um, it's mostly going to assisted living, or not assisted living, but uh, skilled nursing facilities um, when they've been discharged from the COVID units at the hospitals and then need to go for additional rehab before they can go home. Not usually, you know, a lot of from higher to a higher level of care. Adventist Health Systems here in Mendocino County have been able to care for our COVID patients um, as far as their needs. It's just when they go for rehab after uh, having COVID. Got it. Uh, Just just at the closing, just talk about the EMT and the paramedic program being available for people that didn't hear that at the beginning. Yeah, so we have uh, EMT programs that run in Mendocino and Lake County through Mendocino College every semester. Um, And then in the fall of 2021, so this coming fall, we will be uh, having a paramedic program in partnership with College of the Siskiyous through Mendocino College. And give out your contact information for that again. So any information on any of the programs, my email is tgowan, G-O-W-A-N as in Nancy, at mendocino.edu. Dot org or dot edu? Dot edu. Okay. You have my MedStar email. My, my Mendocino College is kind of similar. And we have about seven minutes left to go. Um, any particular subject that we haven't covered yet that you wanted to bring up, Teresa? I don't think so. I mean, just, you know, if, if you've ever thought about volunteering, now's a good time to go volunteer with your agencies. I know all of the agencies in the county are looking for volunteers, whether it be on the fire side of things, on the medical side of things, 
or even on the support side of things. You don't have to be a firefighter or an EMT to volunteer with the local agencies. Um, they'll take support people who may bring sandwiches out to a structure fire or, you know, help with their fundraising efforts. Um, you know, fundraising has kind of down, gone downhill since Zoom. Or mm-hmm. since Zoom. <laughs> Everything's Zoom now. <laughs> since COVID. Um, so a lot of these agencies could use the help. Um, well, and, so. and you mentioned, too, the cost of an EMT class being up there, you know, $600 more or less. Um, and I imagine a paramedic program is, you know, proportionately higher than that. And certainly these volunteer agencies, when they can, are very supportive of people who have been volunteering with them, serving their community, and trying to help them to get those educational opportunities. So that's another uh, route that people have gone. Um, in terms of volunteering, there's you know tremendous opportunities for learning and training uh, well beyond this, but it's also a way to, to get in and, and navigate some of those cost hurdles and you know juggle learning while also uh, functioning at the same time yeah and there's also financial aid so if you are interested in any of the programs reach out to the financial aid offices and they will help you walk through the paperwork to get financial aid from fee waivers to actual financial you know a check in your pocket right and we have a question uh, welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with yeah. your question. I haven't heard anything yet about childbirth since they closed the maternity ward up in Fort Bragg. Have you guys ever delivered babies? No, I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks for the question. And what do you do if somebody is in labor? How do you handle that? Uh, we deliver babies. That's part of our scope of practice. We don't like to deliver babies in the field just because, you know, it's it's nicer to have them at a hospital because you never know what's going to go wrong with a delivery. But we, we are trained to deliver babies. That's actually a basic life support. So EMTs are trained to deliver babies. Have you delivered any from between Fort Bragg and Ukiah? I think that was the call. I have not. Um, but we don't do the 911 transports out of the coast. That's uh, Mendocino Coast. Or actually, Adventist Health, Mendocino Coast now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that we have done is transported mom and baby after they've been delivered at the hospital. And that's a really great highlight, you know, something for us to follow up on here at the radio and you as well, Marvin, is to maybe get some guests on here from the coast. Uh, there's a coast ambulance out there right now. There's the hospitals out there, and it'd be great to hear from them, uh, especially after that change, what their medical situation's like on the coast. That would be a good show. Okay. Well, having said that, everybody, we're coming up on the end. We do have a few minutes left. If you're out there and want to call 895-2448, we might have just enough time to get your question in. Uh, beyond that, we're going to be closing up here soon. You're tuned to KZYX, and coming up in just a few minutes is going to be Loose Cannon Classics. Uh, some great classical music coming to you for a couple hours, so we hope you'll stay tuned. Uh, we do this show every other week. Um, and what's coming up? You said you... Give us a little preview, the first, Marvin. The first Tuesday of March, uh, March 2nd, Dr. Kevin Mack is going to do uh, Suicide um, will be the show. And it's a very current topic in view of um, COVID and and um, 
suicides and also the 16th will be um, Dr. Katsura who's a orthopedic uh, surgeon who uh, is in Willits now. So you have two good shows, suicide and, and surgery, coming up next month. Cool. And uh, coming up on the end here again, our guest has been Teresa Gowan of MedStar and the director of the Fire Science and EMS program at Mendocino College. And uh, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and please pass along that thank you, too, to all of the folks you work with at the ambulance service. Um, any other words you'd like to put in there before we um, get out of here? I, I'd like to tell Teresa, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you can come back to the ER anytime you want. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to join you, Cobb. And it's nice that Marvin actually joined us this time. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> it's yeah, it's good to good to have you on. Um, so thanks so much for being here. And with that, for all, yeah, all that you do, Teresa, you do a lot, like Cobb says. Thank you. Uh, so that's gonna pretty much conclude it for now, uh, Marvin. If you're still there with us, uh, you mentioned suicide and so forth. Are, are do we have any other? A residency program doctors coming on yes we do we have a new group coming in july but they want to do some more shows but we just need to schedule them cool um um i've been wanting to have the next two guests so i was pleased i got them but maybe we can find a resident in april yeah great great well having said that everybody thanks for tuning in and in just a few moments we're going to be moving right along to loose cannon classics enjoyed this podcast you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one while there you can stream us live or check out our jukebox and if you like what you hear consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner we are mendocino county public broadcasting listener supported community radio kzyx philo 90.7 fm kzyz willits and ukiah 91.5 fm and fort bragg at 88.1 fm thanks for listening <laughs>